yeah, uh, yeah. Phone ringing for the work. They waiting on me like the fifth and the first. I'm killing competition, put them bitches in the hearse. Been diagnosed with a sick flow, where the nurse. Yeah, do it for the city, but the hood getting turned. With the money going around like an offer in the church. Shit, this shit was a race, promise I'ma finish first. Taking shots from my spot, got me leaning like I'm Dirk in the playoff. Bitch, I want that Mark Cuban payoff. Fly as a G6, waiting for the takeoff. Hustle like there's only six seconds on the play clock. Legend Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Bubble Let's Sports Podcast. I am your host, Bubble Let's, and this week's edition of the winners and losers of Week 7 in the NFL. And guess what? It's episode 77. Whoa. Seven, 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 seven. It's, it's a perfect day for this. It just fell right into place. And before we get into our actual winners and losers of this week, let me just say that 9 out of the 14 teams that went on the road won their games. Huge. We've reached the point of the season where we're inching closer to the playoffs and we're starting to see who's a contender, who's a pretender. And with big road games, big road wins, you're starting to see all these teams develop and become an identity, become the team that they're going to be are down the stretch and, and who's the best of the best? And we're going to get into the best of the best. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you're listening. If you're not a supporter, you can subscribe for a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars. Any contribution helps. I'll get you a shout out on the next episode of the podcast. Join the community. We're five people in. Let's make it six. We're still waiting on that one of the week. And I'll make sure to shout you out on the next episode of the podcast. I mean, it's, it's going great, people. We're, we're doing great things. We've just surpassed 100 plays, 100 listens for the podcast ever since we joined Anchor, who you heard on, on the earlier portion of the podcast. So let's just, let's just continue that. And if you're listening, you're not following, you're not subscribing, do so, please. I would, I would deeply appreciate it. Let's get right into it, shall we? Because, you know, as always, oh, baby, how many of you have been waiting for this? You know what we do with winners. What do the winners get? Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. A little bit of the bubbly by Le Champion. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. First winner of the week. We're going to start off with the best team in the AFC who has proved it time and time again. All you doubters, all you haters can suck their ass. The New England Patriots. 7-0 and after a blowout and shutout win over the Jets on the road part of part of those 9 of 14 wins on the road a dominating performance we're going to speak about Sam Darnold in a minute let me just bring up his stats in this game 11 of 32 86 total yards and four interceptions by a man who is predicted to be one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. This man did not even throw 100 yards. This man did not even throw a touchdown. They didn't score points. Why? Because he threw four interceptions, six total turnovers by the Jets, and all of them, you can say, were done by this defense. This defense is some of the greatest defensive play that I've ever seen in my lifetime. I didn't get to see the 2000 Ravens with Ray Lewis at the helm. I didn't get to see the 85 Bears with Mike Singletary, Mike Ditka as their coach. Tenacious defense. I did get to see the 2015 Denver Broncos, who undoubtedly won them that Super Bowl against the Panthers, led by Von Miller and Demarcus Ware, alongside Aqib Tlaib in the secondary. You're talking about Hall of Fame worthy players with a gr- great group of 11 men that dominate the league. We're seeing that for the first time in New England. They have had great defenses. Think about all these different guys. Even, even the gentleman who's leading the way, Jared Mayo, great player for New England. Think of Teddy Bruschi. T- 
Think of all these different players. I, I mean, Rodney Harrison, you're, you're talking about legendary guys, Hall of Fame guys. Yet I am seeing the best defense that Bill Belichick has ever incorporated in New England. And it, it showed on Monday night. Let me throw a stat at you because this undoubtedly was some of the most, was the most impressive stat that I've seen this year. It, excluding the Christian McCaffrey one where he has more yards than the Jets. Ironically, we're talking about the Jets. The Patriots have now outscored their opponents by 175 points. That is the second biggest margin through seven games in NFL history. In the history, we're talking 100 years. The only other team that has more points and a wider margin than the Patriots in 2019 was... Almost 100 years ago, the 1920s Buffalo All-Americans were better. And you're saying, who the fuck were the Buffalo All-Americans? I'm going to tell you, the 1920s were a rough rough decade. It was a rough decade. I don't think football was important back then. And that was a different time. Hell, you know, that was back in in World War I. Back, almost back in Nam. Well, like 30 years later but you get what I mean all right the, the the Patriots are second on that list it has been around this record has been around for almost 100 years and no one's come close to it not even the 85 Bears not the 2000 Ravens not the 2015 Denver Broncos this team is outscoring their opponents but not only are they doing that through offensive play they're scoring on defense they're getting pick sixes they're getting fumble recoveries for touchdowns. You're talking about guys that don't stand out and probably wouldn't stand out on any other team. They just fit the system perfectly. McCordy brothers, Stephon Gilmore, who has surpassed what he did in Buffalo. I, I think he's playing the best football of his career. And you're talking about that front seven, Kyle Van Noy. You're talking about Dante Hightower. And not to mention, or not forget to mention, that they have Michael Bennett this year. He didn't even play in this game. He's supposed to come back this, this week. You're talking about a, an elite guy up in that line that is not even playing. So they're not even playing with their best 11-man personnel on defense. Who knows what Michael Bennett can do for this team and whether or not he will stay for the rest of the year. There's been a lot of miscommunication, just a lot of problems with Michael Bennett on this team and how he's being utilized. And he said that personally. Let's see what he can do. Let's see if he can stay on this team and what impact he can do if he does stay on this team. It's going to be very impressive and very interesting to see that. You're, but the, these guys are just doing this as a unit. It's not individual performances. You know, McCordy brothers are just playing phenomenal football. It's a whole unit. And Jared Mayne Bill Belichick, what they've done with this defense, has been amazing. You Go, go listen to, to Eddie and his podcast, Keeping a G. He spoke about the Patriots. And by all means, he is the, the biggest Patriots fan that I know. So he can abide by this, that this is some of the best football and best defensive play that the Patriots have ever done. And if you're doubting whether or not Tom Brady is still the guy at that quarterback position, you're stupid to think that they would go for anybody else than the, one of the clutchest quarterbacks in NFL history who doesn't stand out on the stat sheet anymore. What he does, though, is that he gets the job done. He doesn't cause turnovers. He doesn't make big mistakes down the stretch. Think of just the game last year against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's going to be a shootout no matter what. What did Tom Brady do? He performed. He got the job done. What do you do even in 2018 when he went against the Eagles? I, I, he fell short. He, he, didn't, he didn't win the Super Bowl, but guess what? Alongside Nick Foles, he's, he went over 500 yards passing, threw for multiple touchdowns, gave one of the best performances he's ever, he's ever done in the Super Bowl. And you're telling me that he doesn't deserve to be QB1 for this team? You're, you're, out of your da- you're out of your damn mind. And guess what? An hour before I got on th- this podcast, it was breaking news that Josh Gordon is placed on IR due to a knee injury. Now, in the end, when he does get healthy... He is most likely going to find a new team. So these guys are, are, are undefeated. 
These guys are playing some of the best football that I've ever seen during their dynasty with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And they're doing it with no Nikhil Harry. They're doing this with no Josh Gordon. A banged up Julian Edelman. A, a guy at that tight end position that is still learning that position. He's had his stint before with the Patriots, but now he's back. And uh, a depleted running back game that is dealing with injuries. They're dealing with a lot of injuries throughout this whole team. Yet the defense gets it done. This coaching gets it done. And so they're 7-0. and They're the best team in the NFL by a far margin. And we'll talk about the rest of the AFC. Right now, though, with a trade from Mohamed Sanu yesterday from the Falcons for a second-round pick. And many people are saying, oh, you overpaid for that. You shouldn't have given up the second-round pick. Have we been wrong about that before? Think about Amari Cooper. They gave up a first-round pick, the Dallas Cowboys did, for Amari Cooper. And immediately, no, that was too much to give up. That's, that's their whole offense at this point. It's a good thing. that It's a good sacrifice. In the end, it gives depth to this wide receiver position, which they need. Especially with Josh Gordon out now, and will most likely leave the team. It's, it's sad to say, but Josh Gordon just can't seem to get a grip on his NFL career. Nikhil Harry, uh, Harry is still dealing with the injury. He's going to come back later in the year. Junior Elliman's been banged up. He's been dealing with a rib injury. So... Now, we, we, we got to see how good the New England Patriots are. They've been dealing with injuries. And this is just going to be an embodiment of what they've done for almost 20 years. Is that they get the job done no matter what guy is out there. They can get a guy from a supermarket and make him one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. That's just what they do. Because they do it in such a prestigious way. In such a classy way. They play football like it should be played. And props to them, man. Best team in the NFL. Definitely best AFC team. Now, on the other side, on the NFC, we're talking about the best team in their conference. It's the Green Bay Packers. 6-1 after a 42-24 win over the Raiders. Aaron Rodgers played one of the best games of his career. In year 47 of his... No, that's not right. This, 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 this old man, he can, this, he can still go. This cat can ball, man. This cat can ball, man. What was funny was was watching Matt LaFleur in the locker room after this game and saying, the old man still got it. This man, Matt LaFleur is only a year older than Aaron Rodgers. And he's calling him old man. How, that's great. I love to see that. You know, Aaron Rodgers still getting those gray hairs on his beard, on his hair. Day and Danica Patrick, so he stays winning. But he's only winning more on the football field. This Matt LaFleur offense is finally coming together like it should have uh, should have from the very beginning. You know, you mentioned like all those like miscommunication, like times where there was disagreement between Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. So many years of Mike McCarthy that it, it was tough to, to manage Aaron Rodgers as more of a, a selfish guy, very kept to himself guy. And in so many interviews, he's saying, I want to be coach. I want to be coach. Well, now I feel like he has the right coach for this. A very young guy, Sean McVay type of guy. It's finally coming together like it should have. And we're talking about a team that's rolling right now on both sides of the ball. I mean, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, 25 of 31 with 429 yards and five touchdowns. Five touchdowns. Passing. He had six total touchdowns in this game. And they called it before the game. His first perfect passer rating in his career. Think of Aaron Rodgers, a Hall of Famer, just based on his talent and his athletic ability, has more Super Bowls to win if he wants to make himself the greatest of all time, which he won't reach because it's Tom Brady all the way. T to be in that conversation, though, he has to win more Super Bowls. When you think about it, though, this man has never had a perfect passer rating in his career until now. And not to mention, he did this without Devontae Adams. He was out for the third straight game with a turf toe. This was their eighth straight win over Oakland. And speaking of Oakland, this is not an easy layup game. I think that Oakland has strived to be better as a football team. They're well coached, and they've done some great things this year. And their defense has stepped up. I think they've played better defense than most people assume. 
So this was not an easy layup for, for the Packers. This was a good competitive game. And it was actually really close down the stretch. And Derek Carr made some mistakes uh, in the fourth quarter, caused some turnovers. And then the, the Packers just well went well on their way to a, a dominant victory, a high-scoring victory. This was going to be a shootout, and John Gruden knew that. Yet, they just couldn't stop Aaron Rodgers in that train. Aaron Jones continued to perform. Great blocking, great running by him. You talk about a team that does not have their best number one receiver. They're playing with with Marquez Stantley. They're, they're playing with Geronimo Allison. They're not playing with their best guys. And even then, they're, like, they're tied in. Jimmy Graham is just not the guy he used to be. Yet, they still find a way to win. And it's great to see. For the rest of the season, they have a favorable rest of their schedule. They're playing their divisional games, obviously, and they've won all of them so far. The rest of the schedule, though, is looking pretty easy for them. Looking really nice for Aaron Rodgers to get himself some home field advantage, maybe a bye, you know, alongside the Saints. So, it's, it's smooth sailing for Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. Number three on the winner's list. Kind of weird one, but the Madden curse is a winner. It's, it's back, ladies and gentlemen. It's been back for a while. Madden 20, cover boy. Patty Mahomes. Let's, let's spill some for the homie. Rest in peace. He's not dead, but he's going to be out for three to six weeks due to a dislocated kneecap that he suffered in the Thursday night game against the Broncos. Now, I'm going to say this. Because you're saying, oh, well, the report. Yeah, 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 yeah. Apparently, Patty Mahomes is back on the practice field. Only after a week of being injured. His rehab, it, it was projected for him to be back sooner than later. Sooner than that, that six weeks. Yet, we never expected this type of thing. I don't expect him to play for this week. Yet. For him to just be on the football field after dislocating his kneecap that could have caused ligament ligament damage, well, that's ridiculous to think. So, right now, Madden 20, it's a little cursed. Let's look at the rest of the years, though. Madden 19, Antonio Brown. Do I have to say anything else other than Antonio Brown? This man's not even in the league anymore. He went from being the cover boy in Madden 19, just over a year ago, the, the best wide receiver in the NFL, to not even being in the league, having all these issues of going from the Steelers, bouncing to the Oakland Raiders, bouncing to the New England Patriots. And he couldn't, if he couldn't make it there, he's not going to make it anywhere. All this, this drama, all of this pettiness by Antonio Brown, he doesn't deserve to be in the league. And guess what? Madden 19 was cursed. Madden 18, this is the interesting one. Tom Brady was the cover. He had a phenomenal year. And he made his way to the Super Bowl once again. He fell short against the Eagles that year. He, uh, I, I mentioned it earlier. Hey, he had over 500 yards, multiple touchdowns, played most likely his best Super Bowl game stat-wise. It didn't end with a win. So technically, it was a little curse. He can get away with the those. Tom Brady, he's the exception. Think of other years, though. Madden 17, Gronk, that year had six starts the whole season dealing with multiple injuries. I mean, herniated disc, hamstring injuries, elbow injuries. The, the list goes on and on for Gronk. And right now, he's not even in the league. Good for him because he, he wants to focus more on other stuff. He's doing analysis. He's doing commentating. Great for him. He deserves it. He's a big guy that has dealt with a lot as far as injuries go. It's a tight end position. There's not much you can do there. You're going to get banged up. So that year, after the Madden 17 cover, he had an off year. He was cursed. Madden 16, OBJ, he performed on the field, but the way he was trying to be a toxic type of player for his team that led to the trade, that led to him going to Cleveland, all the turmoil in, in New York with, with Eli and OBJ, this, that was the first year that it started. It was he started to rub people the wrong way. And yes, he performed on the field. He didn't have any injuries. But personality-wise, you saw a difference in OBJ. Madden 14 is the one that stands out the most. Adrian Peterson, that year after being Madden 25's anniversary in, in 2014, 
he was indicted on child abuse charges. We all remember that. And he was gone for most of that year, if not the whole year. So, man curse. It came back. It could have been a lot worse for Mahomes, and I hope for a speedy recovery for a guy that I want to see compete in the AFC. A dislocated kneecap, though, is not fun. And I don't want to see it. I, that, that, he got lucky there. He really did. Moving on to another quarterback. About to find his way into the NFL. And this, this winner is dealing with the, the possibility of Tua Tagovailoa, Alabama quarterback, going his way to Cincinnati to play with the Bengals. After a 27-17 loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Bengals are now 0-7. Andy Dalton threw three interceptions over a span of five passes in the fourth quarter. That is unheard of. That is basically unacceptable. A guy like that who has been in, in Cincinnati, has been in the league since 2011, is making dumb mistakes like that down the stretch on a team that is stacked across the board. They have no offensive line. I, I get that. When you have Joe Mixon, you're going to get A.J. Green back. You have John Ross, who is the fastest wide receiver in all of the NFL and the fastest guy in the NFL. You have Tyler Eifert. This team should succeed. They should have at least one game under their belt. Yet, this team just looks disinterested and a, a mediocre at best team. They're making a mockery out of Cincinnati and, and the whole premise of an NFL team. I mean, this team's bad. This team has no discipline. They're a really bad football team. So, I mentioned that Tua and the Atlanta Falcons have some type of connection. It was far-fetched, but hey, I want to see it. Because that's another great place for Tua to go. And if the Atlanta Falcons keep struggling, they're going to find their way down or really high up on the draft stock, really high up on the draft class this year. So are the Cincinnati Bengals. Right now, them and the Miami Dolphins are right there with them on getting that number one draft pick. I'm saying you, you tank all you want. Tank for Tua. Because right now, Andy Dolan's not the answer. He's not been the answer for so many years. Even with A.J. Green healthy, Tyler Eifert healthy, a really good running back core in Giovanni Bernard, yet they, they really disappoint in their division. They really disappoint year after year, yet we're almost 10 years in to Andy Dolan's era, and nothing's changed. There's been a plateau. There's been a flat line of Andy Dalton, never being better, never being worse, just always being at that line. I think Cincinnati should take this. If you're Zach Taylor, the new head coach, it's time for a change. It's time to either rebuild or you start to look at a quarterback that is worthy to, to be around uh, A.J. Green, to be around a John Ross. Because Tua can really succeed, much like he's had success in Alabama with speedy guys, a, a really good running back core, good coaching, I, I think the Tua to Cincinnati, Tua to Atlanta would be great for him to transfer over to the NFL over a really unlikely system in Alabama that just wouldn't work in the NFL and get a reality check. In Atlanta, he can work under Matt Ryan and learn from him. In Cincinnati, he would probably be the starter from the very beginning, yet he'll have the weapons to get it done. Work on that offensive line in the draft. Work on getting some guys from around the league, from free agency. And if you got Tua under the center, hey, you might get yourself a better season than 0-7 right now. So, Tua Tagovailoa to Cincinnati, I like that. I'm not going to lie, I like that. Number five on the winner's list this week is the most improved player of the year. He should definitely win this award in my eyes. What does he deserve? Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Ah, uh, yes. And that man is Jacoby Brissett. I've been high on him all year long, people. I hope that you join the bandwagon with me. I really hope so. Because this man proved himself. 
He's been proven all year long. But this was the game that he needed. This two stretch of games for Jacoby Brissett. The road game against the Chiefs. And then this game against the Houston Texans in their division to get him first place. He performed. He didn't put up all the stats in the Kansas City game. But he did just enough to keep the, the Colts in the game to get them into field goal range and decisively be the better team on that night. On the road, Arrowhead Stadium, hostile environment, he got the job done. Not only did he do that against the Texans, but he shined. 26-39, 326 yards, and a career high for him, four touchdowns. When we compare him to what he started at, remember the years when Tom Brady was out for a couple of games? It was Jacoby Brissett, and it was Jimmy Garoppolo. All three of those gentlemen. Look at, it's like that Paul Rudd. Yes, I, I get to use it. Yes. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. You tell me. Do you really think that those three guys, now Tom Brady was already established, but Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett, they had their Paul Rudd moment. Hey, look at us. I'm saying, man, and out of those two, Jacoby Brissett has been playing better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Although, Jimmy Garoppolo is with an undefeated 49ers team. I think their performance against the Redskins, where they scored only touchdowns, or only field goals, I should say. It was all defense in that game, and the offense really struck. So, Jacoby Brissett, I mean, my man. When we look at what he did two years ago, when he had to take over for Andrew Luck, dealing with his injuries... In, in 2017, when we compare his stats, his completion percentage is up from two years ago. He's already surpassed the total touchdowns that he had in 2017 and the first seven games of 2019. He, he's going to have the best year of his career. Rightfully so, man. He's improved so much. Now, 2017, they did not have the offensive line they had this year. Or in 2018, that really progressed with Andrew Luck. Just think of the expectations. What did we think at the beginning of the season when Andrew Luck retired? Uh, the Colts are, went from being a Super Bowl team to being a nothing team. They're not going to go anywhere this year. They're atop the AFC South right now. They are the best team in the AFC South right now. They beat the only other team that can put up a conversation in that division. Houston, Texas, they've been rolling too. They've scored 55. They, they've, scored multi, they've scored 30 in another game. Like, their, their offense is rolling because they have great players and great talent. Deshaun Watson is getting back to his former self. Yet, in this game, Colts were the better team. It was a tough game, but hey, it's those tough games that really make you who you are. We're two months into the NFL season, and week after week after week, we're seeing the Indianapolis Colts and Jacoby Brissett become a better football team. Frank Wright, what an amazing job. This guy should should be coach of the year right now. I know there's Kyle Shanahan and Bill Belichick because they're undefeated are the top candidates for that. Right now, though, from what it should have been without Andrew Luck to what it is right now, they're not undefeated. But they're one, one hell of a football team right now. Jacoby Brissett, you deserve. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Two times I mentioned the bubbly. Man, that's how much I love Jacoby Brissett right now. Lastly, but certainly not least, talking about another great football team that's in the NFC right now is the New Orleans Saints at 6-1. Really good victory over the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field, a 36-25 win. They came into this game without Kamara, without their dynamic back, their best tight end, Jared Cook, due to injuries, Yet they found a way to win. Much like how we talk about the Packers. Much like how we talk about the Patriots. Even throughout injuries because every team has them. They make no excuses and they find a way to win. Latavius Murray, who alongside Kamara, is a, a great dynamic back as well. They make a great dynamic duo, which Sean Payne loves to do. He did it last year with Kamara and Mark Ingram. But he does it with Murray this year. Had 27 carries for 119 yards on a defense that is known for stopping the run. They said, we're going to beat you at what you're best at. We're going we're gonna to break you down and exploit you at what you're best at with not even our best running back. Latavius Murphy's had some great years in Minnesota. 
you don't think of him as one of the greatest running backs in the NFL. Certainly not the best or running back in the NFL right now. He's a second guy on the depth chart. This guy should not be going for 119 yards. But they established a running game. They stuck to it on 27 carries. That's a lot for a guy like Murray. Alongside that, Michael Thomas had nine receptions for 131 yards. And who passed it to him? It's my man, Teddy Bridgewater. The former pro bowler from Minnesota. Came in after Drew Brees injured his thumb. Still awaiting his return to the helm. Yet, he gets the job done. And week after week, much like Jacoby Brissett, he's getting better and better. When you talk about a team like the Chicago Bears, what are they known for? What are they best at? Is defense. They have their struggles on offense. Mitchell Trubisky is, is not looking what they thought. I mean, the guy, he, I mean, it's better from what we saw in week one and two, but definitely not what the Bears wanted him to do. And three and three right now doesn't really, to me, explain what the Chicago Bears team can be. I mean, they're better than a 3-3 three and three team. They're not playing like it, though. So they have no identity right now. They definitely didn't run the, the ball well at all in this game. Tariq Cohen only had 10 yards rushing, which is ridiculous for a guy that speedy and that fast. So this is only a testament to how good the Saints are. They won decisively in this game. They got those those touchdowns on special teams. They got those touchdowns. They, they won offensively, which is not what you can say a lot of the time against the Chicago Bears. They beat them at their best game. They beat them at their running game. So the Saints, inching closer to getting Drew Brees back, who will only improve at that position, find themselves in, in such a high... They're on cloud nine right now. They're thinking, hey, we beat teams without our best quarterback, without our best running back, without our best tight end, with injuries across the board, yet a huge win on the road. They're one of the best teams in the NFL at winning on the road. They're 3-1, and one, and they're undefeated at home. This is what you want if you're an NFL team. You want to have that own field advantage, which they're going to get. And then when you have to go on the road, you get the job done. You get the job done. The Saints, man, along with the Packers, I really wish they... They would have had a matchup this regular season. It's well on their way, though, to, to matching up either in the divisional round or the NFC Championship, depending on how the playoff picture goes. That's the matchup that we all want to see right now, and we have to wait for it, but it's going to be well worth the wait. All right. Honorable mentions as we move on to, to the second portion of our show. Honorable mentions. Only two this week, and they're very similar in how they are. Number one, the Ravens. Five and two. Right now, after a 30-16 to 16 win at Seattle. I mean, a huge win against a good playoff team in Seattle. Lamar Jackson ran for 116 yards and threw for 143. His best win of his career. And really, he, he's definitely proven himself, proven himself as a reliable quarterback. Now, I am starting to fall off the bandwagon of Lamar Jackson. I think when it comes down to it. There's going to be a point where he has to use more than just his legs. You're not going to win a lot of football games with 143 yards passing. If you're running for 116 yards, it's either designed to do that, but most of that time it's not. It's, you break down in plays and you have to use your legs. When it comes down to better defenses than Seattle, I'm not saying that Seattle's defense is the worst that I've seen. They're definitely not. They, they've, they've done some great things over there to get through the Legion of Boom, to get through all the injuries and all the departures from their defense. There's better football teams out there that have better defenses. And guess what? After their, after their bye week, guess who the Ravens play? The New England Patriots with the best defense in the NFL right now. That is going to determine for myself how good Lamar Jackson will be for the rest of the season. Yes, he will outshine defenses like Miami, like Seattle, um, other defenses in the AFC that are just not all there. When it comes down to it, when you have to perform at your highest level against a New England Patriots that is better than the 1920s, almost as good as the 1920s Buffalo All-Americans, how well do you perform? I, I am up in the air about Lamar Jackson. 
I, I think of him as a Michael Vick and, and some of the players. I forget who it was. Like, versus, or Jadavion Clowney was the man that, that came out and said, I've always wanted to play a Michael Vick. And I saw that in Lamar Jackson. That is a perfect example. Now, I want to see him pass more than he runs. He's so dynamic and he's such a dual threat in that aspect. Let's see if that happens. Let's see if that continues for a game like the Patriots. And when we go into the playoffs against a team like the Patriots again, or the, the Kansas City Chiefs, or if they ever reach the Super Bowl, if they have to play the Saints or some, someone like that. Does Lamar Jackson perform? Does he show up? Right now, I'm just up in the air about it. I'm not fully confident Lamar Jackson, not in his ability, but how longevity-wise and how once we get film on him more and more to where we can stop him on the run, is he willing to throw the ball not against a depleted Miami Dolphins team, but against a formidable defense like the New England Patriots. Second on the list is the Vikings. 42-30 win against Detroit over in Detroit. And it sucks to say that the Lions are the worst team in the division. They're playing tough football. I mean, they're, they're gritty. They're, they're physical. They just can't catch a break right now. They, they lost against the Packers. They lose against the Vikings. Tough games, close games. Hey, you just love to see the effort. I think good things will only come for Matt Patricia and that Detroit Lions team. But Kirk Cousins continues his improvement with four touchdowns. Dalvin Cook and Stephon Dix combined for 284 yards offensively. And as of right now, the Vikings are in that wild card spot. And guess what? They have to play Packers for the second time this year. They did lose their first matchup early in the year. So they're going to get that second try at Green Bay toward the end of the year. It's going to be the week 16 um, for them. As of right now, though, if they get that wild card spot and everything stays, they would face the Packers for a third straight time. That's ridiculous to think. I'm not, I'm, I'm not against it, though. That's a great matchup, and if Minnesota continues this, that matchup week 16 will only be better than in week two. And if they play themselves in the, if they play in the playoffs, man, that, that's going to be interesting. You know, I think Minnesota can win that second matchup. So it's a 1-1 one, one tie. Basically, they, they, they play the rubber match. Decisive series win. In the playoffs, where it all counts. Kirk Cousins, man. Something's clicked. I don't know what it is. I don't, think, I don't know what changed for Kirk Cousins on this offense. There's just more trust there. The Stefan Diggs trade conversation has really gone away. Adam Thielen wasn't an incorporation to this offense in this week. He only had one reception. And he got injured. He's questionable for this week. Even though, with your first or second wide receiver... Your, your two main guys on offense, Dalvin Cook, who is leading the, the, the league in rushing. This guy is a beast. Stephon Diggs, proving himself once again. This team's a great football team at 5-2. and two. They're dangerous. They really are dangerous. We move on to losers. Like I mentioned, not a lot of them this week. The first losers is losing streaks. Ha-ha! You see what I did there? Entering week 7. The Chiefs, the Rams, and the Cowboys combined for a losing streak of eight straight games. They were 0-8 coming to Week 7. The Chiefs have lost two. The Rams have lost three in a row. The Cowboys have lost three in a row. Combined to 0-8. In Week 7, they come back strong. All, all three of those teams scored 30-plus in their wins. We break it down. Chiefs score 30 win it on Thursday night against the Denver Broncos with Matt Moore, even with the injury to Patrick Mahomes, they get it done with Matt Moore. This dude was a scout at the beginning of the season, yet yeah, he's playing football, and he, he gets the job done against the Denver Broncos, 30-6. The Rams, they come back, and Jalen Ramsey's first game with the, the Los Angeles Rams makes an immediate impact, strip sacks or, or strip fumbles, and makes an immediate impact on this defense. They win 37-10 over the abysmal Atlanta Falcons at Atlanta too and then the Cowboys come back in a divisional game for first place 37 to 10 win over the Eagles with Dak Prescott playing the best football that I've ever seen him play ever since his college days I mean ever since that that Packers game in 2016 
when they went against them in the playoffs, that has been the best game that he's ever played. I think he played even better against Philadelphia on Sunday night. So, losing streaks. Hey, get the hell out of here. Let's get a little sad, though. So, that was a positive. Now we get a little negative. Number two, and this is trademarked. The, it's Bubba's bust quarterbacks. The, Bubba's bust in the quarterback position. You know what we do with losers, people. It didn't happen in losing streaks, but it's going to happen here. Quarterbacks that are busting in the NFL. First up is going to be Sam Darnold. We mentioned him earlier. Man had only 86 yards and four interceptions. His passer rating was lower than the amount of interceptions he had. He had four interceptions. I think his passer rating was 2.4. His first game, his first real test of the NFL season. And he played some of the worst football that I've ever seen. The first interception said it all. Under pressure, in the pocket, he had no real receiver to throw to. And what does he do? He panics off his back foot, off his heels. This man throws it with no lower body, no real for, like form in his throwing ability, and throws it straight to the New England Patriots. That is something you see in college. That's something you should see in high school. That is not something you should see out of a, a future franchise quarterback like Sam Darnold, who was amazing coming out of college. Well, when you think about it, no. Well, I, I don't believe that. Let's look back at his 2018 stats. I'm just looking at the, the matchups against really good defenses, against promising defenses. In his last game of the 2018 season, he lost 38-3, to where he only threw for 167 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. When we look at other teams, he threw for four interceptions against Miami. Miami. He threw three interceptions against Minnesota. He threw two against Cleveland. And you're saying, oh, Cleveland's not. They have a really good defense, people. They have a really good defense. They're not winning games a lot of time. Yet, their defense causes turnovers. And against a Sam Darnold, that's impressive. So those 2018 stats. I'm not high on Sam Darnold. I wasn't high on him out of college. I think he got drafted too high. His freshman year at USC, record-breaking. I mean, it was impressive to watch. Yes, he, be- he should have gotten all that hype. He should have gotten all that praise. It was the second year. It was his sophomore year. He had sophomore slump. His team didn't perform well. They were supposed to be national championship caliber you know, contenders. They, I mean, they were out of the top 10, I think. Sam Darnold dropped down in his consistency. He, he inclined in his turnovers, and he made bad decisions that I saw on Monday night. Off his back heel, off his back foot, he had no real composure or poise in the pocket. And when it came down to, all right, I threw the first interception, I threw the second interception, all right, let me settle down, and we'll, we'll, we'll just ease our way down the field. No, it only got worse from there. And when your passer rating is lower than the amount of interceptions you throw in a, in, a, in a game, that is unheard of. I, I, that should be a stat that should go down in history. Because, man, that was bad. That was really bad. And for a guy that's supposed to be one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL, well, what happened? And, yes, you're going to throw the cheap shots like, well, they beat the Cowboys. All right, yeah, because the Cowboys are, were a bad football team that week. I mean, they, they didn't want to play football. So, yeah, the Jets beat them. Rightfully so. The Jets were the better team that day. And Sam Darnold had himself a day against the Cowboys' defense. Yet, when it came down to showing his potential against a really good defense, he couldn't get the job done. I'm not, on high, I'm not high on Sam Darnold. I will never be high on Sam Darnold. And I think he's going to be a bust. I really think so. Another bust is going to be Daniel Jones. Now, weeks ago, I would say, he's going to be okay. He's not going to be anything special. 
he's going to be a good replacement to Eli Manning. Well, after that Tampa Bay win with four total touchdowns, everyone's like, wow, yeah, look, look at Daniel Jones. This guy's, this guy's great. Well, after that, he's only gone on a decline. The, the Giants are on a three-game losing streak after losing to the Arizona Cardinals 27-21. to And excluding the Tampa Bay game, Daniel Jones' completion percentage is below average, right around 61. Not good enough in the NFL. He has more interceptions than touchdowns, 7-6. to six. And he has five fumbles. A big issue that he had coming out of college and was a key point for him to get better at throughout the season. When I look at it, this is Eli Manning. What was supposed to happen when Eli Manning was benched for Daniel Jones? It was supposed to be an incline. It was supposed to be a positive arrow that was going up. Not flat. Much like Andy Dalton, flat. What, what are we seeing out of Daniel Jones? We're just seeing a reincarnation of Eli Manning. There, there was no, we had the, the Tampa Bay Bucks game where it was like, wow, this guy is the future of the franchise. Well, yeah, you're, anyone's going to look good against the Tampa Bay Bucks, honestly. So take that game away. You're going against Arizona. You're going against the Patriots. They exposed you. Arizona Cardinals, they're not the best defensive team. You scored 21, but that wasn't enough. You should have won that football game. You were the better football team. Like on, on, the, on paper, you're the better football team. So Kyler Murray against Daniel Jones. Kyler Murray won it. So number six overall, not paying off right now. I'm not saying he's a bust now. What I'm saying, though, is that we expected a lot more out of Daniel Jones, and we're not getting it. So really, I'm not high on Daniel Jones either. I'm a big Dwayne Haskins fan. I'm a better fan of Kyler Murray. And I, I've praised Kyler Murray on this podcast. I don't think he's going to be the best thing ever. Yet he has performed at a higher level. He's been consistent. He has been very consistent at a higher level. Daniel Jones has been consistent in a negative way. He has only gone down in completion percentage. He's causing more turnovers than touchdowns. And you're on a three-game losing streak. You, you had your chance. So right now, I'm not saying bring back Eli Manning because either way, you're getting Eli Manning. Either you get the actual Eli or you're getting an Eli lookalike in Daniel Jones. So Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold, Bubba's bust of the week. What do you get? You do not deserve a little bit of the Bubba. Finally, last loser of the week is the rest of the AFC. Look, we started with the Patriots. We're going to end with the Patriots. Patriots are just too damn good, man. There is no one in the AFC right now with Pat Mitchell Holmes out for, for the Kansas City Chiefs, and they've been on kind of a roller coaster right now. Two, two games that they lost, and the, Mahomes is out for, for the Denver Broncos game. Let's see when he comes back. But even then dealing with a lot more injuries than anyone else in the NFL, really. Their defense has improved, yet I don't think that it's able to stop a lot of the other offenses in the conference, especially not the Patriots. They're just too damn good at running the ball right now. And when they get healthy, ooh, even more dangerous, even without Josh Gordon. I think the, the acquisition of Mohamed Sanu will only help them. Julian Elliman, if he can stay healthy. Nikhil Harry, when he comes back. Um, their running game with Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, Dion, Lu or um, I, I should say James White, sorry, um, and Tom Brady. Like, he'll get it done at the end. So, the Chiefs, I don't think it, it'll be much like what the AFC Championship was last year. Is that, yes, the Chiefs are great, but they're just not as good on, on one single game that determines the season against the Patriots. Other examples, I mean, who, who can you mention? The Ravens? I'm not high on Lamar Jackson right now. And when, we, when the Patriots play the Ravens, that only gives Bill Belichick film on you for the rest of the year. Even if the Patriots lose, 
and, and the Ravens play the best game that they played all season long. Bill Belichick will find a way to say, what did we do wrong in that game? So when we play them again in the playoffs, because we will, let's see what we can do differently because we're going to outcoach them. That doesn't help the Ravens whatsoever. When they play the Chiefs, same thing, is that they're going to play their AFC favorites. They're going to play the AFC favorites at some point in the season, and they're going to methodically play a chess game with them. And whether they win or lose, the Patriots are going to make the playoffs. They're going to win their division easily. And they're going to get a home field advantage. They're going to get a bye. So that gives them more time to look at footage. They're going to look at more film and say, break down what we can like, get the weak point of this offense, of this defense, and exploit that. Because we didn't do a good enough job of it in the first game. But we got film on the, on the Chiefs. We got film on the Ravens. When you look at the AFC South, that's the only other team that I can say that, like, hey, they, they have a chance. I love Jacoby Brissett. Bill Belichick knows the pros and cons of Jacoby Brissett. He loved him. There was also a reason why he gave, it, gave him up and traded him to Indianapolis. There's a reason for it. Bill Belichick knows the weaknesses of Jacoby Brissett. And he knows the weaknesses of the Indianapolis Colts. Because there, there is some. There is some. And he can take advantage of that. Houston Texans, there are, who knows what team will show up. They've had their chances with New England, and it hasn't worked out. So, right now, who can you say is a matchup against the Patriots that you could say they actually have a really good shot? Right now, I don't think anyone. If you think differently, let me know. Because right now, I'm not high on anyone other than the Patriots. You're going to hate me for saying this and being on that bandwagon. I am just tired of hearing Tom Brady... You know, he's too old. He's too old, you know. Yet, they, I think this team is better than ever. It's sad to say, but it's better than ever. Best defense that I've seen out of the Patriots. A Tom Brady that is still clutch. The best running game he's ever had. Talented receivers around him. And he's still got that one consistent factor. It's Bill Belichick. Mr. Bill Belichick himself. Man smiling on the sidelines. So, hey, rest of the AFC, good luck. Because once the season ends and you see the Patriots in the, in the Super Bowl again, guess what you're going to be saying? Oh! Exactly. Oh, man, that's going to be tough for them. So that's going to do it for winners and losers of Week 7 in the NFL. This has been Episode 77 of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this. Once again, make sure to support the podcast and follow it. Uh, subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Give me your thoughts on Twitter, and I will get back to you on that conversation. But, hey, this has been a great episode. I hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you next time. We're going to, well, I don't know what's going to unfold for the rest of the week. We have no Cowboys game, so there's no preview. So, maybe maybe we look at the World Series. Maybe we look at the NBA. My first first thoughts on the NBA season. We saw the Clippers versus the Lakers last night. Interesting take that I have to say on the Lakers. But we'll save that for another episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.